2: It's the Collectors Club with Bryce, Michael, and I. I know a
0: story of high strangeness or two. TV. Hey everybody, and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host,
3: Bryce Johnson.
0: And our super producer,
1: Riley Bray.
0: What's up, boys? What's up, how's dog? it going? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. How, how's it, feels it going? Like,
1: uh... Spring is upon us
3: finally, or summer spring even. Really. Oh, spring is sprung, man! Those flowers oh, are yeah. smelling good. Got the oh, jasmine yeah.
0: flowing. All that yeah. heavy rain in L.A. is really. Oh, those April showers brought some May flowers. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. My, my, my influencers my, trampling fields. My father-in-law
3: poppies. was in town uh, not too long ago, and he goes, "You know, all this green is just gonna burn into flames over the summer." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, well, you're probably right, but uh, yeah, for now, let's just enjoy it." <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're <laughs> a... Bryce, we I don't think we've ever spoken about this on the show, but you're you you are a hashtag flowers of Instagram boy. Well, like yeah, you, dude, I you love, tend uh, to post pictures of flowers on, on Instagram. I'm a
3: sensitive guy. What do you wanna what do you want me to yeah. say? Yeah, no, I, uh, nice. flowers. I don't know. There's something about capturing a flower in its in its in its bloom at cause I mean, you know, if you if you don't capture it it just I don't know there's something so magnificent about just that moment that's uh mm-hmm. it's very I don't know maybe spiritual or something but uh y- you know all that bloom for the whole world to see and I don't know I just like sharing it.
0: You need to start
3: oh God, You, you got to
0: start <laughs> describing the bouquet like the smells like the hints like ooh I'm smelling a little yeah. bit of walnut and strawberry in this like a little
3: like, walnut right? yeah, yeah get, that's get like yeah. A, yeah. get, get your nose bro. down in there yeah, um, yeah, not bad. But I do I do love my flowers.
0: Well, yeah. speaking of spring, we have been covering a shit ton of UFO stuff over here. So much so that one of the listeners was like, I think it was Derek Cole, our friend Derek Cole, shout out Derek, who said this is wet hot alien spring. And um you might be <laughs> asking, boys, why why aren't you saving all of this stuff, all this content, this alien, this good juicy alien stuff for summertime? Well, we have some big plans for this summer's theme, but we'll be stepping a few feet away from UFOs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that being said, we do have an annual tradition here, and uh, we need to check in on what's happening in the world of current day. Now, do I say ufology or ufology? Where Maybe we'll ask our guest.
2: Um,
0: sure. We... It's time to check in once again uh with the host of Somewhere in the Skies podcast and author of the brand new book Stories from Somewhere in the Skies. Please welcome author, investigator, and all-around good guy, Ryan Sprague.
2: <laughs> What's up, guys? I, I look forward to this every year. I feel like I I save everything knowing that hopefully I'll get the call from BCC to come do this. So Every um, May. Every May. Uh, you're going to be sick of me by the end of this episode, trust I don't me. think so.
0: This is an exciting <laughs> time. And also, Bryce, I believe... Ryan filled in for you last time he was on the show on the heels of our Men in Black series last That's right, May. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you two haven't connected on BCC for a little bit. Now, yeah. Ryan, I don't know how up-to-date you are with the show. Uh, over on the Patreon, uh, Bryce recently went down a UFO rabbit hole. So I think we should maybe get into where, Bryce, you are on that journey. You can check in with Ryan about that, some of the theories yeah. that you've been. Yeah gleaming uh but before we get into all that congrats on the new book stories from somewhere in the skies what can you tell everybody about this i guess it's your third book that you've written
2: yeah yeah technically i wrote a book back in 2016 um somewhere in the skies a human approach to the ufo phenomenon and i re-released that in 20 uh 2020 with like 80,000 new words. It was basically a new book, but you know, in between those two books, the big New York Times story had hit and the entire world of UFOs changed. So. Yeah, you
0: were a year just a year early on uh, that first book. I know, man. <laughs> <The> first <laughs> first <laughs> Wish I had just,
2: just waited a little longer, pushed it back on the public. just no, a that, little
0: that, longer. That, You're a that's writer. A good you
2: know, that's that puts you ahead of the Push pulse, that man. Line. That lets everybody know <laughs> that Ryan point. was on
3: this before the New York Times, man. Right, right. right. Exactly. Well,
2: Thanks, man. But um, yeah, I actually, I came out with a new book literally today, the day we're recording this at least. And, um, you know, I've been doing the Somewhere in the Skies podcast since 2017, actually. And I do a series called Witness Accounts, which is very similar to the L-Files, where people call in, tell me their UFO stories in their own words. You know, I don't interview them. This is just them telling their stories in their own voices, Mm. uncensored, um, and in their own voice. And it's the most popular part of the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. I think I'm up to almost 29 volumes of this series called Witness Accounts now, where I do six or seven stories in each, each volume. And eventually, I thought, you know what? This would make a really cool book. So um, I went ahead and I reached out to hundreds of the people who've submitted to this series throughout the years, uh, Michael, including yourself, which I'm sure we'll get to, and, um, and said, hey, I want to put your, your story in book form. And every single person said yes. Uh, so Neither. I was very honored for that. And that culminated into this book, Stories from Somewhere in the Skies, which is literally the transcriptions. From, from the audio versions of these people's UFO stories. And I uh, love that. It, it's very powerful and, um, and eye-opening, and it was a great way for me to also revisit these stories because you guys know when you're making a podcast, it gets very technical. It's almost like a job, and you tend to forget about the actual people behind a lot of this stuff we cover. Hmm, and um, it really brought me back to what I do in the UFO field, and that's focus on the human being's and the impact these very powerful UFO incidents can have on their lives. So, that story is from somewhere in the skies.
3: So, I love cool. that. I, I, I just, the reason I love that is because, you know kind of like what we're doing with L-Files is like, I feel like maybe for the first time in a long time, there's a platform provided for people to kind of come out of the woodwork and share their stories of high strangeness and their UFO encounters. I remember that old great talk that Stanton, the late great Stanton Friedman would give at a UFO lecture. He'd say, you know, how many people here uh, believe in UFOs? And and everybody'd raise their hand. And then he'd say, how many people have seen a UFO? And, you know, about 20 percent of people would lower their hand and then he said how many people have reported their ufo sightings and basically all the hands would go down and (laughs) and you know it just it just goes to show that there's so much more out there uh on a grand scale really that people are experiencing and and i and i love that you're providing this way for people to kind of feel comfortable to uh to come out and
2: share those stories Thanks, man. Well, yeah. And you know, when I first started the witness accounts, it was hard. I had to reach out to people. I had to dig and try to find them. Um, now it just, it's email after email, as I'm sure it is with you guys with L files, people want to talk about this. It's socially acceptable and Mm. it's crazy. Everyone has a story, whether it's UFOs, ghosts, paranormal, anything. So everyone comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, Uh, UFOs, uh, maybe not so much, but let me tell you about this ghost that I experienced, or vice versa. So I think these topics are more mainstream than ever, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. UFOs kind of being at the forefront of that right now, which I'm very Mm -hmm. (laughs) grateful for. Uh, But yeah, man, it's a safe space for people to come tell it and um, normalize this topic like never before.
0: Are there stories that... Well, let me rephrase this question. Um, how many percentage of stories contain that you you hear, whether they're in the book, made, made it into the book, but in in general, um, are actual close encounter stories? versus you right. know, like, and let's go through the scale, like within a three hundred feet, um, or or third kind where they're seeing entities and how many stories are you getting where people feel like they've actually been abducted by aliens
2: right so you know this new book stories from somewhere in the skies i broke it down into three sections the first section is sightings uh second is close encounters third is military encounters mm. oh um, cool st- strictly military encounters that happened on base during service time uh which surprisingly there's a stunning amount um some in the book that have never been told before uh so when it comes to close encounters um you know i come across them every now and again michael It, it is rare to have someone say i literally saw an occupant um however that is the second section of the book so there were enough to really talk about that and dissect that and um you were one of those possible individuals who had a possible close encounter experience? Yep. Um, I, I had several others. A gentleman from New Jersey who literally saw an alien walking down the sidewalk. Um, so there's a story for you. Um,
0: it's <laughs> crazy.
2: I, I had another gentleman um, who worked security police at a an air force base and at a nuclear base, nonetheless, and yep. uh, had a really dramatic sighting of a shadow figure inside of one of the most sensitive areas of the nuclear installation what it was doing there he doesn't know he he followed it for a couple rooms wasn't able to find it after that um but this came on the heels of several UFO sightings that had been reported over this nuclear base at the time so yeah, yeah it's it's crazy man um while they might be a little more rare than your your lights in the sky or even craft seen in the sky uh they're there And they're still happening today. God, it and makes me I-
3: wonder if there's a, a a connection between, you know, obviously we've we've made connecting points between uh UFO activity as well as poltergeist or what might be considered paranormal activity. But this idea that that uh on over this base people were seeing UFOs and then and then a shadow creature. I mean, that's so much a majority of what we get on the L files are these shadow entities. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering now, maybe that there might be a relation between that and UFO UAP. You know, it just it just bolsters that idea that somehow some way man all this stuff could be uh well and should be connected
2: i think so and bryce i should also i should also add that um your co-host of uh of expedition bigfoot actually ronnie leblanc is featured in the book oh yeah
3: that dude is a conductor of high strangeness oh my gosh man (laughs) the
2: story he tells in this book about um you know whether it's psychic things going on or, or Mm -hmm. supernatural uh, UFOs. He, his wife and his son all had these experiences at the same time. Um, So I do think there are definitely connections between all of this. And you guys know, the further you zoom out, the more it all starts to seem connected. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now is I, I wanted to write a book. I wanted to investigate UFOs. That's what I wanted to do my whole life. But the more I investigate, the more I research, the more I'm starting to realize that it's not just about things in the skies anymore. It's mm-hmm. crazy things happening on the ground and and in our minds and in, in our hearts. In people's bedrooms. In people's bedrooms. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I want to go back a minute to
0: this story you mentioned about the guy seeing an alien walking down the, the street or walking down the sidewalk. Um, you mentioned it. As well, that, you know, I share my story that I've told here on on the podcast a number of times about uh, an entity looking in my window and scaring my dogs. Um, How many of these alien encounters or encounters with being fall into the traditional alien gray description and how are, are there any that have surprised
2: you? Most of the stories that have been submitted to the podcast specifically have been of these prototypical gray entities. Um I know yours was somewhat like that, at least the figure that you that you had seen. Uh, the The gentleman who claimed this also said that it was a gray alien just mm. walking down the sidewalk of New mm. Jersey. Um, after having seen a UFO with a friend of his, uh, oh, wow. So I mean, you know what? Ha- did it just hop out and wanted to take a look at the neighborhood? I I don't know. Get a I, donut, get yeah, yeah. yeah grab just a pull donut it over <laughs> for snacks, yeah. Right, yeah. So um, I would say, Michael, in terms of the research I've done and the stories I've included in my research, it's mostly been these gray entities. Um, mm. However, there's always those who come forward with shadow people or even these um, these almost human like aliens that that just seem a little off whether it's um, in their mannerisms or their eyes or there's something about them that just doesn't seem right
0: doesn't add up yeah <laughs> it's like they're they're trying the uh, the AI. Uh, art version of That's trying to look human, like. and there's something like a like the, the the graphics on their T-shirt are not written in in any recognizable like <laughs> language. <laughs> looks vaguely Russian for some reason. It always looks they're, vaguely they're Russian. Cutting, always looks Russian. They're <laughs> yeah. cutting yeah.
3: their Jello with a steak knife and fork. Yeah, uh-huh. and they have like
0: uh, <laughs> like double pupils in some of the <laughs> some of the versions that
2: come out. Well, you um, know, in. The the really interesting thing too, I'll just, I'll close with this, Michael, when it comes to the stories for this book, the beauty of not censoring things is you get to hear the really weird stuff.
0: Like these people
2: are not editing themselves. Um, They're not trying to come across as, you know, um, as typical as every other story we've ever heard. They're being honest. They're being brutally honest with me about what they saw and how they felt. And there is some strange stuff that people will bring forward. And those are the stories I tend to gravitate towards more than just, yeah, I saw a saucer-shaped craft, I saw a black triangle. No, I want to hear the really weird stuff, the stuff that's really hard to make up unless this Actually happened. Can
0: you give well, us an that- example of that in the book? Because you know we're running out of the times we can mention space can pancakes on this podcast. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we need some new reference. That's going on the kill list soon, so we need some new references of high strangeness.
2: Absolutely. So I have a case from Fife here in Scotland, where I I reside right now. And uh, this happened to a gentleman named Tommy back in 1996. And he was riding his bike home with a friend when they saw this strange, like, oil slick on the ground. You know, it was summer, it was hot. So you know how you can kind of see a lot of that sort of stuff on the road when it's really Mm -hmm. hot on the asphalt? Mm -hmm. So they try to... um, they try to go around this thing and as they're they're approaching this this like oil slick on the ground it's growing and it is getting bigger and bigger in the road so they're like whoa there's like oil or something coming up from the road that's that's weird so the closer they get um it's huge it's massive at this point and it starts bubbling almost boiling We're rich. We're on the rich.
1: ground <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just struck oil in the middle of Scotland and um Okay, so it could literally be anything, but then Tommy and his friend, they watch, and this bubbling black blob, as he called it, um, it starts to levitate off of the ground. So whatever this was, it lifted off of the ground, and it just started ascending into the sky. And as it was doing that, he said that um, everything around it was was like wavy and weird and, and time seemed to slow down. Um whatever it was gave off this extremely like toxic, nauseous odor um that they couldn't explain. And they said that it felt like there was electricity all around them. Whoa. And this thing didn't come from the sky. This thing came from the ground, went up into the sky and then eventually disappeared. So <sighs> There you go, man. The bubbling black blob of Fife is what I titled this <laughs> that's one. Wild. <laughs> wow. yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's a good you know, case buddy. for
0: Tenny. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's
3: got that's a Johnny tenny L. Tenny written oh, all yeah. over it. <laughs> See this. This is what we love. We loved all those, you know. In doing how many five years of stories of high strangeness, we always looked for elements that we felt were were left out that people were missing because they were just too weird or too obtuse. And uh, you know, that's where the fun stuff and the and you can find details and parallels and connecting points. I mean, you know, I know even for like stuff like the BFRO, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, they throw out everything. Uh, that that gets strange so if there's any type of orb or UFO or 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 a disappearing Bigfoot they toss it out so they're missing
2: so much just gold in my opinion you know it's part of the data set you know the the longer you're in this the more you realize throwing that stuff away helps nobody mm-hmm. you know we have this group now in the US government which I'm sure we'll get to um, investigating UFOs and uh, you know, if they were to throw away that data, then what the hell is the point of investigating it? Right. You're right. not using everything that's being given to you. So I, I think it's responsible to just get as weird as possible, embrace <laughs> the strange, because love that. at the end of the day, it, it's a part of it. it it's not, yeah. we're not going to get anywhere if we start censoring these things and just saying that we're seeing saucers and triangles, because that's simply not the case. I have hundreds of stories to disprove that.
3: I love that. You just said it's responsible to get as weird as possible. That just <laughs> <laughs> that's a mantra. That's a fucking your life t-shirt by. if I ever heard one. Yeah.
0: that's. Yeah. I feel like that's where the fun is, right? I mean, that's the whole point of this show is finding those goodies, finding those weird bits. That's why we call, that's why we emphasize stories of high strangeness. I feel like that's what John Keel did really well. That's what, mm-hmm. Even you know, Jacques just, Ballet, yeah. Yeah. Embrace mm-hmm. the weird stuff. And then somewhere, I don't know, maybe eighties and nineties, it got so serious and so dark. And you know, that like, man, I mean, just coming off the heels of, of, of the Betty Andreessen, uh multi-parter we did in April. Ugh, yeah. It's just like the weird shit is where it's at. So let's encourage people <laughs> to, Talk about the oil slick that flew into the sky, you know, the, the the more it doesn't fall into a given category. And that's kind of why I asked about the Alien Greys. The more interested I feel, me personally, I am in, in it because it's different, you know, it's bizarre. Give me the mm-hmm. bizarre.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. And, you know, we're living in a world now, again, where UFOs are, like I mentioned, more mainstream than ever. And that has a lot to do with what's going on in the Pentagon right now. Um, And that's great. like I'm all for it. I'm pushing for it. I love it. I'm covering it on my show all the time. I know we're going to talk about it. Um, However, there's another part of me that always wants to go back to where I started with my entire UFO research. And that's with the stories of the people, Mm -hmm. not, you know, how big was the craft? um, How do we have video of it? um, You know, this, that, this, that. I just want to hear people's stories. And like you said, the weirder, the better. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in this weird, um, as many UFO researchers are, in this weird uh, limbo. Where half of the, half of its serious government stuff, and half of it is aliens making pancakes for some farmer in Wisconsin, you know it's mm-hmm. it's which is also beautiful that you know there's such a spectrum when it comes to UFOs. and I think at the end of the day, while frustrating to find answers, um the journey in continuing to try to understand UFOs is almost more rewarding, at least to me.
0: A hundred percent of that, yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, I don't know how much time you all spend on yourself in a given week versus how much time you spend on other people. Sometimes life is crazy. You're giving it your all. You're trying to carry the load for everybody, and you're not taking enough time for yourself, which can leave you feeling burnout, uh, stretched thin, all sorts of adjectives. Uh, that don't make you feel good. Bryce, Riley, how do you guys manage stress in your life? Uh, it's got to be tough.
3: Oh, it's brutal. Uh, you know other than my than my uh, two kids and wife, the only other adults I talk to are you guys. So having a therapist <laughs> has been great for me so I can have adult conversations uh, outside my close inner circle. So uh, yeah, I've been going to therapy for for quite a while and uh, it, it, it is a tremendous help. I always come out feeling, Uh, better than I went in.
0: Yeah, like a weight's lifted off your shoulder, right? Yeah. Therapy was amazing for me because I also discovered that I had been dumping all of my issues on my friends when I would see them or when I would go home and see family, you know, I would dump my problems on, you know on them as well and then all your quality time is sort of soaked up by i need to get all this stuff off my chest and so Mm. for me seeing a therapist was great because it 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 gave me a weekly place sometimes twice a week place uh to to know that i had an outlet for whatever was just on my brain that week and I could talk to somebody who was a professional who was there to help to speak about it objectively and help me understand why I do the things that I do and how I can overcome some of my my own personal issues
3: oh yeah plus if you're like me if you like talking about yourself then you're gonna love therapy
0: it's like your own little podcast about your <laughs> life in some ways. <laughs> Riley,
1: what about you? Have you tried therapy yet? I mean, I, I my approach, I'm just sort of always meditating, like at all times. And um, mm. I, I, uh, I because if I don't, I will spin out and, and go absolutely bonkers. Um, but, you know, I, I think the thing about therapy is that it's like you're saying, it's not just that you're no longer unloading it on everyone else, but you're... You have someone who's qualified to give you some information back and and help you to know what to do with all of these thoughts that are swimming around in your head.
0: There you go. Well, really, if you're thinking of starting therapy, listener, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is you fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I also think that's really cool because I tell friends who are starting therapy for the first time, it's kind of like dating. You might not meet your match right away. And don't give up on therapy just because you were like, oh, I didn't like this therapist. They're, oh, yeah. They're- there is a therapist out there for you, and you might help- have
3: to try a couple. I remember the first therapist I went to see; he did like two sports analogies in under five minutes, and then I was like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs>
0: right. But you don't give up on therapy; you just go. No, Maybe I need to talk I to somebody else who gets. Gave me. up
3: on him. Yeah,
0: yeah. So BetterHelp will help you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BCC today to get 10% off your first month. That's huge. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash BCC. Well, since we have an expert here, let's get into our UFO update for 2023, or at least where we are at in this time. And let's kick it off with this. Get ready, Riley, because we have some. B.C.C.C. News. I'm not sure if you (laughs) saw this story, Ryan. This was actually sent in to us from one of our listeners um, from a very reputable paper, thedailymail.com. Sadly, there's some. Sadly, (laughs) the Daily Mail, sadly, is one of the only publications. That will I can easily find these stories. But um, I wonder what. Yeah. Uh, Six whistleblowers who claim they worked on military UFO programs, retrieving and analyzing crash material have come forward to spill their secrets to senior members of Congress. Senior members of Congress have spoken to as many as six whistleblowers who claim they worked on Roswell-style UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering programs, according to a top attorney, a leading Stanford scientist, and ex-UFO program officials. For decades, it has been the subject of spooky TV shows and sci-fi novels. The theory that the government has alien spacecraft and bunkers somewhere and has been trying to dis- to disassemble and understand their technology, but things no, got
3: disassemble. A-
0: Got a lot more real after Congress passed a law uh, last year creating whistleblower protections for anyone who has worked in such mind boggling secret programs, suggesting they may be more than just fiction. The t- 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, signed by President. Joe Biden in December included an amendment requiring the Pentagon to give high-ranking senators classified reports on any previously undisclosed programs relating to unidentified anomalous phenomena, including with respect to material retrieval, material analysis, and reverse engineering. Uh, So this was an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com. Daniel Sheehan said that he is in contact with at least six former government officials or military contractors who say they worked on such a program. Um, he represents Louis Elizondo, a recurring character in the field who ran a previous incarnation of the UFO office called Tip. We're all familiar with that by this point. Mm-hmm. He said that some of these half-dozen whistleblowers briefed the staff of Senate committees dealing with military intelligence even before the NDAA passed and may have been the inspiration for senators to include the reverse engineering language. He says there are half a dozen of them that have already gone and talked to them. The Senate staff people were reaching out to some others. Uh, And a top Stanford scientist says he's also in touch with the whistleblowers. So what do you think about this news and how is this related to the recent uh the the latest batch of congressional hearings we
2: had not too long ago Mm -hmm. so again daily mail you know make of it what you will they actually did some some pretty decent reporting on this uh i know for a fact that how should i put it um i've spoken to at least one of the individuals who testified before this group about a possible UAP retrieval program. Uh, you know, th- th- this has been the lore of ufology ever since Roswell, that these programs have existed, uh, you know, that that crafts have been back-engineered a la Bob Lazar. Um, but the problem when it comes to this is many of these quote-unquote programs that might be working on craft that have been recovered that are unknown in origin, not necessarily extraterrestrial. We just don't know where they come from. Um, Mm -hmm. They're put into what are called special access programs. And these work very often, you know, outside the purview. Yes. Um, Outside the purview of, of government oversight. So most of these programs are done in the black. Um, They are funded by by entities that we possibly will never know of um Mm. and also they do not have to report to congress they don't have to tell them what they're doing with what where how much nothing um what we're seeing here now is very very smart language being put into a bill by senator gillibrand in new york and and many others i should um I should say as well, bipartisan, mind you, on both sides of the aisle, have helped make this language where if you ever worked on a black budget program or an SAP that had to do with UFOs or UAP and you want to talk about it, we will make sure that there's no repercussion for that. You mm-hmm. will not be arrested. Um, you will not, you know, lose your whatever, your. your whatever, whatever position you hold, um if this is something you want to come forward and talk about, and you think it's for a good reason, um we'll do that, and we we'll, we'll we'll put it into into our investigations. She's actually
0: um, Kirsten Gillibrand is actually quoted in this story speaking to Dr. Uh, Sean Kirkpatrick, who's the Aero director and right. says, as much Congress quote, Congress also set up a process whereby people who are subject to non-disclosure agreements, preventing them from disclosing what they may have witnessed or participated in, could tell you what they know without risk of retribution from the violation of their NDAs. So there you go.
2: Yeah, oh, it's it's stunning. And like I mentioned, I, I do know of one individual who has claimed to have worked on one of these programs. Um, obviously, I can't. Uh, Give their name and I hate I know people hate hearing that. I know a guy who knows a guy. I can't tell you who it is. It's anonymous, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Trust me, bro. Um, but that's kind of where we're at. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Riley. Um, but you know, this is what I love about Arrow. They are retroactively reaching out to people, this group within the Pentagon Arrow, um, to to, you know, hear people out. And three, three of the military witnesses in my new book went and testified before Arrow, this new group within the Pentagon. Um, This came literally days after the book went into its final edit. So I was able to squeeze a little bit of that into the book, but um, this is a developing story. And many of the people who have seen these things in the military finally have somewhere to go. To tell yeah. these things, so um, such talk an important about vindication
3: for sure, and such an important piece of legislation. This will be probably the, one of the crown jewels in Biden's administration. Is is this Come Forward Act? You know, it's like, hey, you know, y- you can talk about what you've seen, what you're working on, and uh, and and hopefully not have a fear of, of of losing everything. I'm still sure there's probably a lot of people who no matter what bill you put forward, they're like, I'm not fucking coming forward. I'm not scared <laughs> no. of like, you know, they're scared of like, because there's real like, those are some really dark shadowy uh, programs that do exist, I'm sure. And and I'm sure probably the owners and proprietors of those programs don't give a fuck what Congress says is okay <laughs> for you to do. You know what All I'm right. saying?
0: Well, absolutely. I, something that I found interesting that was a big light bulb moment for me recently. I was listening to Ben Kissel and Henry Zebrowski shout out Henry, uh, over on last podcast on the left, talking to George Knapp and, uh, Jeremy Corbell about this stuff. (laughs) And two, one, a couple of things that George Knapp talked about on that. I'm sure you're familiar with all this stuff, Ryan. I'm, I'm interested in your opinion. One that I had never thought about was that, uh, first of all, One thing I didn't know was that these programs like Arrow, they're small. There are not a lot of people in these programs. It's maybe three people running this entire thing, Mm -hmm. because even though Congress has fought for this, it's basically forced the Pentagon into a corner. So the Pentagon is begrudgingly letting this stuff happen and making it a very small office because they're not super excited about digging in and releasing some of this information. Probably a lot of that has to do with the fact that if there is a race if there is if there is a quest to retrieve and if if we do have this stuff, there is a race to to understand this technology and we're competing with other countries to get a hold of it and understand it first. So there is national security stuff that is real and exists. But the other thing that George Knapp said that I found fucking fascinating was that there's a lot of military top brass who are very Christian, very evangelical, and they don't want to look into the UFO stuff too closely because one, it challenges a religious purview or two, they may, they may think that they are engaging with something that is literally demonic and they Demons. don't want to engage with it.
2: And yes. that
0: <laughs> shit blew my fucking mind when George Knapp said that. So there's like all these complicated levels, even, bo- even when you're like, oh yeah, Black Ops and all the secret stuff, sure. But circling back to the human aspect of it, Ryan, there yeah. are, you never stop to think like, oh fuck, right, like there's some like, military guys that are scared of the devil and they don't want to evoke a demon by by studying ufos
2: absolutely um i can actually add to that michael uh when i spoke to leslie kane who wrote the now famous new york times article she was the one who first spoke to luis elizondo like the day after he resigned from the department of defense and decided to come forward with a secret pentagon program atip that he had run, uh, and when she spoke to Elizondo, you know, she asked, like, what was one of the major issues? What what made you kind of want to resign? And you know, he had many different reasons, but one of them was the pushback that they were getting from fanatical religious people within the Pentagon and within the Department of Defense, who said, "We don't want this program funded. We don't want you looking into this stuff. It's demonic." So, no, no. No more funding. We're pulling the funding for this ATIP program. And it's, you know, whatever. It's going to go to the next the next 10 churches, you know, in, in <laughs> that, this town. It's not going to a UFO program. We're, we're <laughs> stepping away from that. So, Elizondo ran up against that directly when he was in charge of the original Pentagon UFO program. Is it still going on now? Uh, we have heard that... You know Sean Kirkpatrick and the gentleman who ran the UAP task force, which is a lot more temporary. Arrow is kind of the baby that was born from that. Mm-hmm. Um, when the task force was was working was around, um, the director of that said, um, "Yeah, you know maybe one or two people, but it didn't really stop us." So we're seeing that kind of shed away, thank God. Um, but look, everyone, these are. The government isn't one huge entity. It's not a monolith. You have people with all different right. belief systems within that, and yeah. those couple people could have a lot of influence. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, man, very stunning revelation that something like your 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 religious beliefs could stop a ufo program within the u.s government crazy, the, crazy. this idea wild.
3: that uh this idea that there's sort of a demonic element as as crazy as it is i mean who's to say that uh there might not be a, a sliver of truth to that we've, didn't, we've didn't, had didn't, guests uh, on
0: we've had guests on this show who you know think that you know the alien stuff the greys all this stuff might be some sort of demonic force
3: yeah Mm -hmm. i think didn't didn't uh uh diane pasolka cover this a little bit in her book american cosmic uh you've spoken with her right ryan
2: yes in fact diana dr diana walsh pasolka wrote the foreword for my new book um so yeah yeah she she's an incredible person um Her work in this field is just essential. And she has looked a lot into UFOs and religion. And and yeah, I mean, this is a woman who went to the secret vault in the Vatican and was able to look at everything they've ever had on space and UFOs and this and that. Um, So yeah, she worked very closely with a lot of these tech entrepreneurs out in silicon valley who were really interested in ufos and wanted to learn more about them but also were super super religious so this this tends to come up so much when it comes to this stuff and and look i don't blame people like a lot of people see ufos as a belief system Mm -hmm. and um you know do look at it as religion and uh UFOs. I tell people there's a there's a place for UFOs in everything: religion, economics, history, psychology, science. Totally. Um, so. You know, there's room for everyone at the if, table.
0: If evangelicals a- can figure out a way to retcon dinosaurs into the Bible, they'll figure out a way to retcon <laughs> alien graves. <into>
3: <laughs> I did always love this this backroom story. Uh, there, I'm sure it's based on a lot of gossip and hearsay, but that uh, that some intelligence agencies were tasked decades ago with getting to the bottom of this sort of UFO alien phenomenon, and they and they got head over heels into occult and uh, and and ritual practice. And they just opened up a fucking wormhole Of, of uh, new entities crowly. And Yeah, went full Crowley on that shit And just like, they're like Oh, we fucked up And they just Oops. like opened up a shit storm
0: Basically all that breaks down to Is they just started having group sex That's yeah, really what Yeah, it's just happened. group sex mm-hmm. it's Spreading that seed around, yeah <laughs> Oh man yeah, so where whatever, where, yeah. where are we right now? What's the snapshot? I think when you were last on, let's see. I think UTIP UTIP, U tip or U tip. You wait. What is it called? A tip. No, A-tip. not a tip. What came? What came before Arrow? You just mentioned it a moment oh, ago. Oh yes,
2: that was the UAP task
0: force. So I think UAP task force was just starting to wind down, and they were just announcing Arrow when you were here about a year ago. Maybe I maybe my yeah. timeline is off. But so where are we now? What what? What came out of the latest? I know we got some videos that dropped recently. We're going to take a look at those but um, and get your take on them. But what has come out of the most recent conversations between Congress
2: and, and Arrow? So we got an official uh, office. While small, like you said, just a few people, I think it's up to, the last time I checked, it's up to about 12 people now. So they're growing. They're growing. It's getting up there. Um, this is Arrow, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. And it's led by uh, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, this um, this gentleman who's held many Positions in intelligence agencies, uh, Department of Defense, very, very smart guy, very well-spoken. He actually was the one to speak at this Senate UAP hearing that happened this past, uh, maybe two weeks ago now, um, in Washington, where we got yet another hearing, another historic hearing about UFOs and what this new group Arrow is up to so we have an official office that's receiving funding to look into ufos to um identify them and to resolve them basically mitigate the situation find out what what it is and send that information off to who needs it whether it's the navy whether it's nasa Um, let's figure out what these anomalies are they're currently looking at 650 ufo cases that have come to the attention of arrow and one by one going through them and either identifying what's in it or moving it to the unidentified. And then that's when they start looking at it from all different angles. Um, here we
3: go again. Yeah. Here
2: we go again. But at the same time, I'm hopeful guys, you know, when all of this started, I'm like, ah, oh, man, this project blue book part two, it's just a, you know, it's all just to whitewash it and debunk it away. But, um, I'm not getting that feeling this time. How, yeah. How far, I, I'm feeling good about it.
0: How far back yeah. are they going and 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 what kind of are they are they looking at any classic cases like is anyone going to dive back in and check out what happened at Roswell or is it just more focused mm-hmm. on present day stuff?
2: Many present day, however, we were told early on that Arrow would be going back retroactively. Like I mentioned, they're interviewing uh, individuals from my book, um, anyone from the military who's had a UFO sighting or, or experience, um, there will eventually be a place for them to go to tell these. Um, but 1945 is the year they're going back to you. Do any of you guys know why they chose 1945?
0: Well, let's uh, see. Uh Roswell Kenneth was 47. Arnold? Battle <laughs> of LA was 41. What happened in 45 that I'm not? I mean, World War II, bombs, n- nuclear bombs going off. Mm. What do we got?
2: We've got the Trinity UFO crash. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Jacques Valet.
2: Um, this case that happened out in New Mexico at the Trinity site where the you know the first atomic bombs were were exploded. And there right. was a UFO crash there and I retrieval. Um, so very telling and very interesting that arrow is going back, not to 1947 for reasons we all would assume Roswell, they're going back even further to a lesser known UFO crash. And could this have to do with these retrieval programs that arrow might be aware of? Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now in terms of the story you brought up. So Well, and they're, they've
3: got their they're probably in Im- compelled to make those connections between this vast activity with ufo uap activity and nuclear bases and that's that seems to be ground zero from when it started happening so i mean mm-hmm. that, that's probably where a lot of their funding is going to get come from for future earmarks is like hey we're trying to put together this puzzle of why people uh military personnel are seeing so much activity over these uh nuclear armament bases you know because that's something we're going to want to know and that's something that you can connect directly to national security
0: also maybe one day we'll look back and be like yeah maybe we shouldn't have set off so many nuclear bombs in a part of the country where the indigenous people used to talk about the sky people and the spiritual people (laughs) that lived there right
2: yeah (laughs) yeah Absolutely. And, you know, you know, when on the topic of nuclear, I mean, look at the world we live in right now. It, it's scary. And I think yeah. a lot of this, a lot of this has to do with current events in the world, mm-hmm. too. Uh, we have to keep that in mind. We had three, you know, we have a war going on in Ukraine. We had three objects shot down in North America for the first time ever. In the history of this country, in the history of uh, NORAD, three unidentified objects shot down in the United States. A fourth being a Chinese spy balloon that we know about, but the other three remain unexplained. So what were they? Why are we not being told what these objects were? Um, There's probably many reasons for that. Um, However, that's where we're at. We're shooting down, quote-unquote, UFOs in the United States right now. So we're living in really sensitive times when it comes to national security, um, you know, international diplomacy. Yeah. And uh, UFOs somehow always find themselves smack dab in the middle of those conversations.
0: Uh, do you think that part of the here-we-go-again aspect of jumping from program to program is because... The government is spent how much of it is about the fact that government is spending money and allocating budgets for something that may ultimately be unknowable? You know, mm-hmm. how do you get what what kind of results are we gonna get on this stuff? You know, because I feel like at some point you have to justify the cost for all of this, right? Absolutely. So what can they bring to Congress that goes, here you go, short of like Wheeling in a, a, a carcass of, of, a, of a gray, you know, like what, yeah. what or Carl ac- Jung's
2: red book. Yeah. yeah. What can we yeah. actually do here? Right. Well, you know, the director, Sean Kirkpatrick of Arrow, even said in this recent UAP hearing, you know, national security comes first above all else. Like That's why this pro- program exists. Right. We're trying to find out what these objects are in our skies, whose are they, and what are they capable of. So with any government-funded UFO pro- program, I would say 99.9% of it is about national security. It's about understanding, that's, is this an adversary? That's you also know?
0: how you get the money, right? Yeah, that's I mean, how, how you get the money, man. It on the show. It's like any time we hear them be like, maybe it's the Chinese, maybe it's the Russians, and roll our eyes at it. That's how you get the money. You know, that's how yeah. you get to look into this stuff.
2: Luis well, Elizondo I, said, if I didn't put threat in the title of that program, we never would have got the yeah, funding. For no it. threat, no mm-hmm. money. I just saw a recent
3: article from something out of uh, the Space Task Force about uh, sort of, uh, you know, preparation for uh, sort of this, uh, uh, you know, enemy element that that might be outside the the extraterrestrial in nature and then it's like and then immediately bells go off and alarms go off go like oh god steven greer must just be like just tickled as pink because this is right out of his playbook you know what i mean (laughs) they're they're preparing for some big fake war you know that'll be the next big war and then we're back into steven greer territory and it's like oh god here we go
2: again it's it's frustrating man and you know. Obviously anyone into UFOs wants this program to be about aliens, but at this recent UAP hearing, that word was used once, I think, extraterrestrial. And and the question was, you know, has Arrow found anything extraterrestrial? And of course the director said, we have found no definitive proof with the 650 cases we've looked at, that any of this is extraterrestrial. However. And that was a big however that we all hung our hats on. Right. Um, he said, we cannot rule it out. And if if we find something that we believe could be of extraterrestrial origin um, or from somewhere else, not from Earth, uh, we will go through the proper channels to give that to the public. It's not this UFO group's mission to tell us that aliens exist or that UFOs represent extraterrestrials. They'll bring it to NASA and then they'll work from there. Basically, Arrow is a resolution office. The, their big thing is we're going to identify these things and then it's an SCP, someone else's problem. They, they give it to whoever needs it for whatever purpose. Intelligence, military, NASA, the benefit of humanity, I hope. Um, but uh, that's probably the last thing. The last thing, the the priorities. Unfortunately, (laughs)
3: here's how here's how I see it. Right until worldwide, I mean, most mostly us here in America can start to bring back this idea uh, of spirit back into matter that we have completely expelled spirit from the talk of of our of our science rooms of our congressmen of like so we 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 have this idea that you know. There is no spiritual element at play, and if there is, we don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? But until you start like like getting to know people like John Mack, who was a Harvard-trained psychologist who looked at this probably closer than anybody, talking to more abduct, potential abductees, you know, and and even guys like Carl Jung, and like when they look at it, they 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 can come to pretty quick ideas about what this could be and and who we are as a species. I I guess what I'm trying to say is like, when will this government entity get the idea that hey, maybe we should start coming at this from a a psychological or a spiritual nature if we ever want to get to the bottom of it? Because I think if we're just constantly looking for for nuts and bolts craft and 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 you know threats from from Zeta reticuli, we're never we're never going to get closer to what this phenomenon really is.
2: Yeah, man. It's, and I love the work of John Mack. And, and I love when people like him can admit these things, that they were fundamentally changed by the research and the revelations that they came across when looking into UFOs. I've had those moments. Mm-hmm. I've had those those kind of existential moments of, Wow. The, the world is far stranger than I ever thought. Um, UFOs are more than I ever imagined they could be. Mm. And, um, you know, even people who've worked in these government-funded UFO programs have come out on the other side. J. Allen Hynek, probably, probably being the primary example, you know, sent into Project Blue Book to debunk everything and find a explanation for it. To literally tell the world, aliens aren't coming to Earth. Guys, calm down. And coming out on the other side of Project Blue Book, saying, "I think aliens are coming to Earth." <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. yeah. It, it's very powerful. No matter what you think UFOs are or aren't, they 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 do something to you. They they impact you in ways you may never truly, fully understand until you've actually seen one of these things and, and feel that power that they they can often. Represent or harness, as Jacques Vallee would say. Um, So, yeah, it is. It's very powerful. Will we ever get to that point, Bryce, where like a government program will look into the those aspects of it? I don't know. But my hope is that the people who worked on those programs will come out come out of it on the other side, like J. Allen Hynek did, and and maybe, you know, maybe we'll someday get a group who will look at it those ways. But right now, man. Um, threat, 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 right. threat, threat, All threat, right. threat, threat.
0: That's how you get the money. Bigfoot Collectors Club is brought to you by Dave. Twenty twenty three is BCC's year of manifestation. Maybe you're working on your goal of revising your budget or tackling your debt, but you can't always prepare for the unexpected. That's where Dave comes in. What's Dave? Who's Dave?
1: Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to five hundred dollars instantly with extra cash.
0: If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful. With Dave, you can get your money sooner and take a little edge off that anxiety about how much money you have to get through the week. We've all been there.
1: You have an unexpected medical expense or you get into a fender bender, but you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Now, Dave can help get you out of a pinch when you really need it
0: listen you're talking to two fellas here that are freelance artists we Uh, know the feeling of being in a bit of a cash pinch from time to time absolutely
1: i've definitely run bank accounts all the way down and credit cards all the way up and i've been there and back again several times over trying to uh tackle the impossible careers of musician filmmaker and
0: podcaster with dave there's no interest late fees or credit check that's more money to fill your tank Finally, get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck.
1: Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you.
0: Download the Dave app from the App Store right now or go to Dave.com slash BCC. That's Dave.com slash BCC. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees. Apply banking services provided by evolve bank and trust member FDIC. All right, let's wrap up this episode by taking a look at some recent, uh, UFO or you might say UAP videos. Now, uh, before we get to the link I put into the chat here, I slid into your boys' DMs over on Instagram. There was oh. a video uh, that Riley sent me. Bryce, grab your phone and pull up crazy. this. Now, this is from a link in uh, from Times, uh, Time Magazine's Instagram reels, but it shows some of the videos that came out recently at the Arrow congressional hearings. I believe on April. Oh 19th. yeah, I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. The these are this first clip, and we'll 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 put these in our Instagram. Everybody, go to uh, at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram. This first little collection of videos that are in this reel show uh, declassified U.S. footage of identified unidentified objects in the Middle East and South Asia, and it opens with this overhead kind of looks like a drone cam, and you see a a silver ball fly over what i think is a military installation of some kind i'm not sure and then we have some grainy black and white footage of ufos buzzing uh airplanes presumably at night uh take a look at these ryan i know you've talked about these on your show already but what what's your takeaway from this set of videos here
2: Yeah, so these were shown at the recent Senate UAP hearing uh, to the surprise of many. We we didn't think we were going to get kind of any evidence or anything like that. So um it was pretty cool to finally see some new UAP video come out. We've been looking at the same damn Tic Tac video for the past yeah. five six years yeah. now. Yeah. Got gotta bring plane. some videos to show and tell, yeah. I know, yeah. man. Come on, come on. Um so yeah, one of them was identifiable, like you mentioned. It was an aircraft that they captured. And they kind of went through the process of how they identified it. Now which, which was one cool. was that?
0: Which one that- was that?
2: That was the non-orb. Uh, okay. So the, the other video they showed, they were able to identify as an actual conventional aircraft. Um, and they went through the methodology of how they explain that, <clears throat> which was cool. We got to see how Arrow is working, what they do to kind of... And this was their example. However, the second video they showed um, was a still unidentifiable thing in the sky and that was this orb over the middle east
0: right that silver Uh, ball looking thing right
2: yeah no signs of visible propulsion uh moving very quickly supposedly metallic uh and and this was caught by a reaper drone actually which is a very sophisticated drone system that we use now for surveillance and and video and um there was not enough data to sufficiently identify what this thing was or wasn't. So I think that was kind of the, kind of the big thing to come out of this video, Michael was, um, this is something, this is an example of what arrow is looking at and with not enough sufficient data, they can't really come up with an explanation. So what they need is more data. What they need is the data from whatever military branch recorded this, um, and I'll, I'll end with this. The big issue right now for Arrow is they have um, what is known as Title 10 clearance. That is as low as low can be in okay. terms of what they're Got getting it. from DOE, CIA, NSA. Um, it's like table scraps, man. What they need is Title 50. That goes for every military branch, every intelligence agency. So they
0: can compare notes to what they have. Yeah, exactly, man.
2: It's like, why are we working on a low information zone of data within a government funded UFO program? So right now they're trying to get more clearance to be able to truly understand and identify the things that they're looking at. So this orb was one of those.
3: Do you think Got like it, on yeah. a Monday meeting at the office with their feeling that their hands are tired, their hands are tied? They're like, okay, guys, to get a little bit more data, we're going to be showing Flight of the Navigator. So uh, <laughs> grab a copy, <coffee, laughs> have a seat, just you know, enjoy the show, and let's uh, let's do some notes after. Okay, it's it's, just it's like work the here, people.
0: It's like those days in <laughs> elementary school when the teacher was like hungover, and you would just watch like
2: rolls Avatar in video, <laughs> right? Yes. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's you know it was an interesting video, and, and it's strikingly similar to a video that Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp put out a few months yes. ago. Yeah. yeah so in fact, what's I going it was on? The there? Same
0: one, which was wild.
2: Yeah, Jeremy was able to um, to prove that it was different. Different location um, could be the same anomaly. We we just mm. don't know. Um, we lack the sufficient data to make a make an explanation out of it. So um, that's what Jeremy's running up against too. You know, he put this video out to the public because the UAP task force was not able to explain it. Um, so maybe the public can. So that's the kind of transparency we need from Arrow. And that's the kind of transparency Arrow is not getting from its own government entities. So weird power struggle going on right now when it comes to Arrow and what they're capable of doing. And again, this this Orb video you brought up is a prime example of that.
0: Now, this other video is cool. It's a it's a civilian video. So we're kind of going over to something that somebody has caught on their own camera in an airplane. Uh, This was uh, taken by a a woman flying in a private plane. Um, I put this one in this link in the uh, the chat here, guys. So pull this one up. And uh, let me know what you think about this one. This is a oh, very this is, the, this is one of those where you're like
3: who shot this one, right? I've I've heard about this. I saw this. Yeah, one. This supposedly, supposedly. Right. All right, I've so got an gonna, update
0: on that. Okay, great, great. So let's oh, look okay. at the video first. Um, it's up on YouTube. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes, and we'll put it up on Instagram if we can. There is basically it's taken from the passenger. A window of a of a small plane and you see this silvery it almost looks like a beignet i'm gonna say it looks like a silver <laughs> beignet flying past uh the the <laughs> cockpit there um and it goes by really quickly and then it slows down you get a it, it, you can get a sense of the shape of this thing uh but i'm curious what is your? I want to hear what all your reactions are. Uh, let's start with Riley and Bryce, and then and then let's hear your update, uh, Mister Sprague.
1: I mean, Jordan. if it's real, it's incredible. Like, because uh, it's a pretty clear image of this like m- very much metallic, reflective, sort of interesting, organic shaped object moving very quickly with no clear propulsion. So, if this is a real thing, I'm I'm very impressed by it. That that's my take.
3: Yeah, I like, the, Bryce, I like right the video, too.
0: It looks good to me. Uh, that would make it with, into Bryce's secret stash, 100%. Oh, that, That's, for sure. That would
3: totally qualify for a secret stash video. Thanks, stash.
0: And then Bryce would then go down a, uh, another rabbit hole looking up the model who took it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let me do some background checking. Oh, there's some stuff I don't like. <laughs> Just doing some research. Leave me alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's, what, what do you got for us, Ryan?
2: Okay. So, this is... You're right. If this is real, um, this is the video we've been waiting for. It's one of the clearest right. videos I've ever seen of a UFO flying right past a pilot, past an aircraft. Um, it's a dream come true. Smoking gun right here. However, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of issue with this. Um, the first being... The person who claimed to have taken it. Uh, this was a woman named Valentina Velez, a supermodel in Colombia. So that immediately caught a lot of people's attention, um, and they're like, "What?" She posted it on her Instagram story, and everyone was like, "Oh my god! Like this, this is crazy! What, what, what is this?" <laughs> right. um, and the video went viral. Like literally, everyone was talking about it in the UFO field, outside of the UFO field, um, breaking it down frame by frame. And, of course, everyone had, you know, what they thought it was. Some thought it was a balloon. Some thought it was a drone. Some thought it was, you know, an intergalactic manta ray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and insert theory here. Like, your guess is just as good as mine at what this was. Um, So, I did a little bit of digging, Um, and I reached out to Valentina. Um cool. And... Um, I asked her. I said, "Do you want to comment on this? Everyone's kind of putting words in your mouth and like saying you're lying about about this and um, that you didn't take this, this, that, this, that." And all I got was a response that said, "No, period." Hmm. Um. Oh, so, okay, okay I wipe my hands clean of it. Like she doesn't want to talk about it. That's totally fine. Um. So I then reached out to um, Jaime Musan, the the famous you know, South American UFO researcher. Mm-hmm. And he actually was able to, and say what you will about Jaime Misson. I know a lot of people, you know, don't take this too seriously. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, But he was able, and I was able to also confirm this track down the actual pilot who filmed this.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
2: so if Valentina is connected to this, we don't exactly know how, But she was not the pilot, and she was not the one to record this. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. So a lot of people think maybe she somehow got a hold of the footage and knew if she threw this up on her Instagram story. Trying to spike those likes. Three million followers instantly. Um, Or
0: if somebody wants to get it out there, give it to a model with a nice social following and it'll, it'll Mm -hmm. go viral.
2: Good point. Mm -hmm. Well, um, apparently the person who did take it was a gentleman. Uh, where is it? I have his name here. This is why we get an
0: intrepid, intrepid reporter (laughs) on the show. I try answers. We're looking for.
2: I try guys. Um, so Valentina says that she re- recorded this on April 4th of this year. We tracked down, um, I should say Jaime Masson tracked down, I spoke to the gentleman very briefly, uh, one Jorge Artiaga in Colombia, and he says he took this video in May of 2022. Okay. Mm. So huge discrepancy. Mm. Um, but oh. his account of this is pretty dramatic um i've got his quotes here if you want me to read it if we have time yeah. Yeah.
0: yes yes
2: okay cool cool i'll try to breeze through unless it.
3: valentina would object i mean <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: no she would just say no period yeah no do not um, read <laughs> <laughs> unless you give me a hundred thousand followers okay um so jorge says the video is authentic it was recorded by me First, there was an approach with the object that was static, floating in a specific point between Medellin and Santa Fe. It passed me by the side with a co-pilot who came with me. Uh, we were approaching Medellin at the moment the object moved and approached us when that happens. Um, so I thought maybe Valentino was his co-pilot. Um, but he did negate that by saying, Daniel, my co-pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him, did you see this? And he said, Yes. And I, um, what else? Uh, so I turn around and when I turn the 360, which is the first video I have, I see the static object floating. When I'm recording the video, everyone's seen the alleged UFO moves a bit. So I start hunting it with the plane. Mm. And when I'm getting closer to it, the object moves towards us at the moment. And when I dodge it, I am flying at 130 to 140 knots at a speed Damn. with respect to 150 knots. If we do the multiplication, it is more than 300 kilometers per hour. Whoa, um, that's that's his, what I got. Yeah. That, that's you okay. So we're all yeah. on the same yeah. page. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. good. That tracks. Um, his last quote here was: "I passed very close to that, and if it had been a balloon, no more than the mere wake of the plane would have finished it off or taken it from the point where it was. Sure, that's why I stayed. I stayed, and I didn't go away, and it didn't, f- and." Oh, and I said, I have to look for it, and it can't be a solar balloon. The object does not have a strip. It has nothing. A helium balloon does not reach up there. I Mm -hmm. actually felt fear. This is not any kind of balloon or a drone, nor an object known to me. So that's straight from Jorge. Wild. Nice work. Spray. Yeah, well done. Uh, most of that time, Musan. Yeah. I, I have to admit that. But well, um, don't you know, ever watch got, you know, any guy of my secret stash
3: videos. I,
1: I don't yeah. need you yeah. debunking my secret stash
3: videos. <laughs> <for now. laughs> I, I, don't.
2: I promise. I promise. <laughs> do, do <laughs> Amazing you know, stuff. May,
1: do you know? Maybe you don't. But uh, was there any like corroboration with instrumentation on that object, or like uh, air traffic control, or any anything other than the this the eyewitness account? Was there any kind of instrumentation?
2: Working on it. Definitely right. working on it right now. Gotta come um, back. <laughs> yes, man. There there's a huge movement right now in the commercial uh air air traffic world um with commercial pilots coming forward and having somewhere to report their sites. Yeah. You know, Aero and whatnot is just for military. But how many commercial flights are there a day just in like right. the United States alone? Um, and you know, Medellin is a high activity area for UFOs. So if we can get in touch with whoever takes reports there, hopefully, hopefully we can get more of that, um, that data. Riley. I, um, I'm working on it, man.
1: Awesome. I can't wait to hear what you find
2: cool yeah. stuff
0: we love it ryan thank you so much for joining us on the show it's so great to have you back we, we will obviously continue to bring you back at least once a year so we can take a snapshot like we did um yeah, so of where things are man. in the ufo field this is so so great remind people or tell people where they can um remind people what the name of the book is and
2: where they can find it oh thanks guys no this is trust me this is like my christmas i love coming on here and <laughs> unwrapping these presents with you guys. Um, yeah. The book uh, stories from somewhere in the skies is available on Amazon and paperback and ebook right now. Um, you can just go there to find it. Um, I do a weekly live stream now where I break down all the UFO news of the week and podcast Ooh. highlights of the week. Oh, nice. So um, you can find that on my YouTube channel. It's cool. It's like, you know, your one-stop shop for anything UFO is going on. And trust me, it's bigger than ever. So we got plenty to talk about every yeah, You're Sunday. busy. And then, um, yeah, what else? Oh, uh, I'm on the current season of ancient aliens. So if you're still into that show, 19 seasons later, uh, you can catch me over on there talking about UFOs and, um, I don't know. They're up to like it's not even ancient aliens anymore. It's just aliens. We're we're up to like Pentagon stuff at this it's point. like twenty fifteen.
0: Uh, what was going on? Try
2: try like twenty twenty two, man. Oh it's God. crazy, amazing. I love
0: that's it. Awesome. Great, it's, man. Well, that's you're such so a you're
3: cool. such a, such a great and respected voice for the field, and we're lucky to have known you. And, and uh, yeah, man, everybody's lucky to have you as well. So yeah, keep doing and that if great you're listening.
0: If you're listening to BCC on your favorite podcast app, you go over to somewhere in the skies and you click mm-hmm. follow. You, you got to look, you're, you got to kill time between episodes. You might as well listen to Ryan's show. It's great. And it's, <laughs> you. you think we do research on this show? Come on.
2: Forget it. Oh. We're, we're clowns. We,
1: we do like book reports. He, he does. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah. No, you guys, I'm, you know, I'm such a big fan of your work and you constantly inspire me. In fact, you've inspired me to do my own expose on the men in black. So Michael, I'm reaching awesome. out to you, man. We're finally okay. going to get that going. Let's do and, it. Uh, yeah. Let's do it, man.
0: I'm around. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, we love you, man. Thank you for being on the show.
2: Thank you guys. I appreciate it.
0: All right, well, we're putting some of this UFO talk to rest for now. I guess our uh, wet, hot alien spring has officially come to an end, but like I said, we have some fun stuff coming up this summer, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to click that follow button on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss a single episode of BCC, and trust me, you're not going to want to miss what's coming up in uh, June Or, yeah, June, July, and August. We want to hear from you. So rate and review while you are there. If you drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we might read it on the show like this one.
1: This is from Ranger4315. Great show. Makes the bad days a lot better. Love these guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you for the great content. 1,000 stars. Five stars nice
0: love it right. ranger appreciate I
1: if, that review hell
3: yeah i wonder
0: if uh they're a national parks ranger i wonder if they have uh ranger if you're listening send in some bigfoot stories at bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com and that actually goes for all of you if you have any good sasquatch stories bigfoot encounter stories we want them so send them into. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com and label it Bigfoot Story. Listen, if it comes from an uncle, a grandpa, a grandma, passed down through generations, if it didn't happen A supermodel. A supermodel <laughs> in an airplane. <laughs> we want to hear about it. So get those into us, okay? Um, and like I said, follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on TikTok at Pod. And if you've caught up on the show, we had a lot of people binging this spring and you're like, damn it, now I'm all out. Well, guess what? There's a whole hell of a lot more BCC waiting for you on our Patreon, BCC The Other Side. Unlock three bonus episodes every month, plus our entire backlog over there and you can upgrade to the cosmic tier where you'll unlock three additional bcc soundtracks and occasionally some original music and full albums by super producer riley so head over to patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club to check that out and another bonus if you do we're going to shout your name out on the air let's hear some patreon shout outs of the week aaron kubish cosmic tier thank you aaron welcome Big Blue Bear Boy. Thank you, Quadruple B. Sarah Wall. Thanks, Sarah. Robin Peacock. Thanks, Robin. Devin Ritter. Thank you. Spencer Duncan Cool. Thank you, Spencer. Jonathan Castro Cosmeteer. Thank you and welcome. Brett Rudy. Thanks, Brett. And the least last two, some of my favorite names so far, Scree. Just Scree. (laughs) Thanks, Scree. (laughs) And Snake... 2000, sorry, let me take this back. Snake2802. What up, Snake? That's Thank you cool so day. much, guys. <laughs> all of these are folks that have joined the Patreon. BCC, the other side, we appreciate it. As for me, Old McMills, follow me on Instagram at McMills2Zs. That's all I got right now. Bryce, Riley, what about you guys?
3: Yeah, I'm over on those socials. Hit me up on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson and on Twitter at Bryce O Johnson.
1: And I'm Peace Drone on Instagram. And I just wanted to say on the subject of the Patreon, I've done this weirdly for two people this week. You can add the RSS to your podcast app. Yes. So you don't have to use the Patreon app and it just shows up like a normal podcast. I know it sounds complicated. It is two clicks and it's very simple. Yeah. So just if, if you don't want to use the Patreon app, You could just get it in your podcast feed and it's a better experience. So you
0: will find when you sign up, you get a personal RSS link. All you got to do is copy and paste that. You go to your favorite podcast app. I believe on Apple, it says ad show by URL. You Mm -hmm. pull that up. You Paste the link in there, and boom, the Patreon BCC The Other Side shows up as a literal parallel podcast to Bigfoot Collectors Club. So you have your BCC in your feed, and on Fridays, when uh, you know, three of the out of the four or five Fridays of every month, boom, you got a new episode of BCC The Other Side right there. Also mm-hmm. featuring rad artwork by Ryan Smallman.
1: Mm-hmm. Could be so even pe- They pop it. up differently in your in. feed.
0: You pop up differently. Yeah, you know which one you're art. listening to.
1: You'll love it. Just do it. Yeah, RSS great. feed, quick, quick goobs there You, you go. got it.
0: Yeah. A little public service plug. announcement from Mr. Riley. I want to thank Ryan Sprague one last time for being on the show. We're actually going to cross over to BCC the other side right now to talk about uh some classic high strangeness in the state of Ohio. If we don't see you over there, we will see you back here next week for an all new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Until then, good night and go get regressed. Bye. Bye.
3: Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash bigfootcollectorsclub.